0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible.
2: What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network's second episode of the week. I'm Joel Penfield, Josh Kaiser, and Jordan Foote. Joining me as always, and gentlemen, cheers, because we actually have baseball, real regular season baseball, in the end of the week. On Thursday, the Royals are going to be at Kauffman Stadium playing the Minnesota Twins. I am excited. I'm drinking some Holiday Soft Red Wheat Bourbon. Go buy some. Thank you to Holiday for everything they do for KCSN. And thank you to KCSC for everything they do for this show been a day one sponsor of this and we can't thank them enough for their support you know baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train
3: go check them out gentlemen how are we doing tonight very good very excited um i'm just jacked up for baseball to be here i'm still i think i've still got a little bit of adrenaline from talking to jj piccolo the other day uh if you haven't watched that episode one of my one of my all-time moments of my life so it's pretty cool to shout that out but uh yeah just jacked up about baseball in general no, yeah, I can't thank
4: uh, JJ enough. That was that was 100%. awesome. Yeah, no, the Piccolo episode was great. He was, uh, he was fantastic, and you know he is infinitely busier than any of us could ever uh, fathom being. Okay. I think even with day to day stuff. So, um, and the weird thing is, like, he has a life too. Like he has, mm. he has a family. Like I could balance like. I don't have kids or anything, I'm not married. I can't balance my own life right now as a 24-year-old that is not J.J. Piccolo, not <laughs> managing a baseball team. So um, it was awesome having him take some some time out to chat with us. The, fu-
3: the funny thing about that is scheduling is what you're talking about is when I was doing research, I found out that like maybe in like 2016, right after the World Series run, he was doing the front office exec stuff. And he was also coaching like a youth team. Good grief. Oh, my God. I mean, so he was going straight from like the nine to five day to day front office executive job into like coaching a youth baseball team. And he was like talking about how awesome of an experience that was because like, that's like a, a moment oh to clear his head from the normal. It was awesome to, to see that, but I was just blew my mind just to see Like him throwing more baseball on top of
4: baseball. I need to be more efficient with my time. Cause like I just opened my, my health app on my iPhone and so my sleeping habits used to be really, really, really bad. They're improving. So, well, technically, I guess they're not. Let I'll explain. <laughs> past six months, my average time in bed, according to Apple, six hours twenty five minutes, which that's somewhat respectable. That's fine. Um, yeah. past month, it's five hours and forty four minutes, and the past week, it's five hours forty four minutes. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, developing consistency, but um, eventually, not getting even six hours is going to catch up. So you, can, JJ full games of baseball into your nightly routine. So, How out. many hours of sleep do you think JJ gets? We should have asked him that. Oh, it's a good question. Like five, six? Five maybe? on a good day? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. man. I don't even want We're to three minutes about. in and no ball has been talked at all. No ball has been talked, but the
2: we got works. about six months to do that, so I'm sure people are like, yeah, all right, got to figure something else out, too. <laughs> and I understand. Um, but no, packed episode today. We're going to talk about the Nothing has been officially announced, but we basically know what the opening day roster is going to be based on the uh, minor league assignments that were placed after the uh, second exhibition game, the last tune-up game in Texas today. We're going to do some, like, our version of, like, a preseason awards and predictions for the Royals season, and then we're going to do it for the MLB at large at the end. Just even though we love talking about the Royals, and that's great, we love baseball as a whole. And we have, you know, interest in other teams outside and players outside of that. So we'll do our awards picks for MVP, Rookie of the Year, and uh, Cy Young in each league, Division winner in each league, and then pick the World Series. Uh, I was horrifically wrong last year, and that's fine. I expect to be most of the time, so it's fine. I think I picked the Twins to be in last place last year, so that was really well, oh, brother. Yeah. I, I think it's I had to, not... like I'm I'm gonna go back and like look whenever we hit to a commercial break. Because uh, I need to see how bad it was last year. Because I think I had some ones that were that wrong. Were <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into it now. Uh, the As I mentioned, essentially the opening day roster has been set. Uh, we haven't gotten the official like graphic on social media. But like I said, with the minor league assignments that were made, the options that were made, we essentially know the 26-man roster. So I'll, I'll go through now. So infielders and your bench guys there, it's Salvador Perez, Benny Pasquantino, Michael Massey. Bobby Wood Jr., Hunter Dozier, Matt Duffy, making the roster as a non-roster invitee, and Nicky Lopez, your outfielders, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isbell, Edward Olivares, Nate Eaton, Fran Reyes, and Jackie Bradley Jr. as non-roster invitees uh, that are going to make the opening day roster. Your starting rotation, most likely, Zach Grinke, Brady Singer, Jordan Lyles, Brad Keller, and Chris Bubich. Your bullpen, Scott Barlow, Roldis Chapman, Ryan Yarbrough, Amir Garrett, Dylan Coleman, Taylor Clark, Jose Quas, who got that last spot over Colin Snyder, Carlos Hernandez, and then uh, the guys that didn't make it, uh, Josh Salmon, Freddie for me, and Richard Lovelady, and Josh Taylor. We talked about some of that with uh, with J.J. Piccolo. Be sure to go and check that out. Well, we're going to see all of those guys in the big leagues at some point, but the opening day roster is set. Were there any surprises to you guys of guys that did make it, didn't make it? We talked about some of the guys that didn't make it, but what, what are your overall thoughts on and what the Royals are, rolling out there with on
4: Thursday. I um I think not necessarily in terms of surprises, but it was interesting to hear JJ talk about Jackie Bradley Jr. and how he's a guy obviously aging not what he used to be, etc., not to, you know, kick a guy all these theoretically down in terms of numbers whatever, um having him come in and like completely understand the role, understand nothing was guaranteed for him and that hey, yeah, you're coming in, these things do have a way of working themselves out in terms of injuries and spots and at-bats and stuff like that. Um, It's just, I don't think weird is the right word, but interesting to see him on that opening day roster. It makes complete sense. But um, if you would have said that four or five years ago, like, hey, Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be the Royals, you know, one of their outfielders in 2023, I'd be like, that's, you know, incredibly odd. Um, Now the pieces fit together. I think their the infield picture the other storyline, I guess, is Matt Duffy making it and the guy that coming into the spring, not a lot of people had necessarily mm-hmm. doing it or they were hoping that it wouldn't happen. I, I know someone who was uh, like that. Uh, I'll talk about that <laughs> <but> <laughs> JBJ is interesting. Matt Duffy is interesting. That, that's almost all I have in terms of guys that did end up making it. And those were cool. I
3: mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. in, in general, just like popping in like maybe two weeks in and being like, all right, guys, I'm here to hit and field balls. And he did exactly that in spring training. Uh, had one of the higher opponent quality scores, according to Bref ref on the team is a 7.8. And that's equivalent of just around the AAA, uh, AAA pitcher that he's facing. But um, I just, when I see, I only saw a handful of games maybe and Jackie Bradley Jr. was in the field, maybe one or two of them. And every time I saw him out in center field, the word effortless kept came, coming up whenever I'd see him running out there. So um, the fact that, they can add a very athletic center fielder with a good clubhouse presence from according to JJ, uh, just willing to do whatever he needs to do for the team is, is huge in and of itself. But um, I guess the surprises we kind of mentioned uh, the Stamont, uh, Fermin, Lovely and Josh Taylor were all kind of surprises, maybe some a little bit more than the others. Josh Stamont absolutely shocked me to be completely honest with you. I kind of had him as a lock and I think a lot of people did. So uh, I'm glad we kind of talked to JJ about that. Um, about what they were wanting to see more from him. And I am very interested, like I said, in that split finger that uh, he's working on. Uh, so if he's throwing strikes, he's already got nasty stuff and he's able to mix in that split finger. I think he's going to be uh, up very, very soon. So I'm uh, pumped to see Josh Stomlott new forward, but got to wait for it. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that they decided not to carry a third catcher and Freddie Firmino on the roster. I think yeah. they just want him to get probably more regular at bats. Completely understandable. Allow MJ to still catch every once in a while. I I imagine they're gonna end up moving him out there full time, but hey, maybe maybe some work with Paul Hoover has changed some things. He's been able to figure it out and he could be that effective backup catcher and still play the outfield three or four days a week as well, as well as you know, DH and get him off his legs. So that that was I think that was one of my biggest takeaways. The JBJ one makes a ton of sense with Drew Waters out. You're having that veteran outfielder out there with a bunch of young outfielders, it makes a ton of sense. Or outfielders that are just straight-up not good defenders like Mill Reyes and Everton LeVar. It's like, I, I totally get it. having that guy that, you know, he's going to start maybe once or twice a week the defensive replacement for Mill or Edward in the late game. I understand it. The, my only hang-up is Matt Duffy, and it's not, nothing against Matt Duffy, but it's just, I would rather the Royals lose games and get the experience for Nate Eaton at third base and Michael Garcia in the, you know, they're out there every day. Now, the caveat to that is it makes more sense now that they want to get Michael down in AAA with consistent at-bats and allow him to play center field. The counter to that is you could put Michael Garcia on on the opening day roster. You still have Jackie Bradley Jr. who's been one of the best defenders in baseball forever. There's a perfect mentor right there that he can get big league time, which I think he's proven he can be a legitimate big league bat, even if you want to put him out there once a week or late in games just to give him some time, he's out there with Jackie Bradley Jr. and they—that's a perfect mentor for him. But we'll see how it all plays out. I don't expect JBJ to be here for very long, and I think he understands that. But credit to him for coming in and fully buying in and go, okay, I'm I'm cool with being here. I understand my role. Like there is something to be said for that, and having that kind of leadership in the clubhouse uh, is super important. And t- talking about the mentor aspect with JBJ that's a perfect mentor for Kyle Isbell, too, as he learns Mm -hmm. to play center field full-time. Now, Isbell has looked great out there. I think he's going to be even better having JVJ,
4: having some of that tutelage there. Big time. Mm. Yeah, and I think the only, not the only, but one of the main saving graces for people who are upset that this guy didn't make it or frustrated that this guy did make it or think, you know, this guy's falling for this guy or isn't falling for the other guy, the Royals have really stressed throughout the offseason that, they want to have as much flexibility as they can in the bullpen, in the rotation, in the starting lineup, um, as much versatility as they can with some guys, a good blend of youth and athleticism and depth and veteran presence and age. They want to be more matchup specific moving forward in terms of series or weeks or maybe the two-week stretch here. They want to be more proactive um, in regards to injuries and more cautious with some guys, it seems like you're going to see guys that didn't end up making it for pretty decent stretches of time. I think, and just because someone made it now, does not mean that their leash isn't relatively short. Like I think the Royals are not; they're not a team that oh they can't afford to mess around a little bit because they're going to be in the thick of the you know top of the AL this season. Like they can afford to have some margin for error, but they're kind of acting, at least they seem to be. As if they want to learn as much about as many players as possible this year, and I think that's probably the right way to do it. 100%. I think, it's a, I good, think that's...
2: Well, it's, a, it's a good blend of getting the young guys in there while also not putting a ton of pressure on them. And to a certain degree, there are certain times where there are veterans in there to kind of give those young guys a kick out of, hey, it's time to go. It's sink or swim time. Like we we can't be messing around. Like There's a certain point where, you know, I think we see more with the pitching staff, where it's, Hey, this is year three, year four for some of you guys, and like, we got to get things going. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't keep doing this. We can't keep letting you have experience and let you take your lumps. Like we got to win. We got to start winning. I'm
3: part if I of that. Anything else? Yeah, I think that was yeah. It, it, and the pitching staff kind of worked itself out as far as the rotation goes. With Daniel Lynch's yeah. injury, is kind of like, well, it's Bubba and it's his job now. So he's looked good in the last like week mm-hmm. or so. As he's kind of building up, getting up, I don't know, you get up to sixty pitches uh yesterday. Is that what it was? Maybe not that many.
2: Four, I think. Four four innings.
3: Okay. That sounds right. Four innings, six K's, I think, is what it was too. Um, and I was looking at some of his numbers from Statcast today, and uh it they looked good. I mean, he's got a new slider, he was throwing it second most pitch that he's through yesterday. So he was clearly still, you know, trying to work it out, trying to see how much he can rely on it. So uh, I'm pumped to see how that kind of develops throughout the uh, throughout the season but the pitching staff yeah in large and part um all those signings that people seem to be very cold about let's say cold um those average starting pitchers uh, they are needed <laughs> they were needed yeah. right out of the gate <laughs> cuz I don't I mean if we started this needing you know meaningful innings from Jonathan Heasley right now that would be a problem if we were needing meaningful innings from Jackson Kowar from Carlos Fernandez, that would be a problem uh, with Lynch, with Zerpa, uh, big injuries and just lack of production in spring training and a lot of questions on a lot of those guys uh, still needing to be answered. It's a good thing that uh, Jordan Lyles, that Zach Grinke, and probably a little bit of Ryan Yarbrough on top of that as well. So it's a good thing they're here. Whether they're the right guys is definitely up for debate, but it is uh, no fault of the front office to actually add it turning pitching, even though they still needed to get plenty of eyes on what they're doing.
2: Yeah, we are going to do some of our preseason predictions and awards for the Royals coming up right after this break.
1: You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America a member
1: FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
4: We back. Oh, yeah. All
2: right. So we'll, let's just come hot right out the gate here and doing some of these preseason awards. Josh, we'll start with you. Who is your
3: preseason Royals MVP? Uh, it is Hunter Do. No, it's not Hunter Dozier. Uh, I'm going with the obvious one, Bobby Witt Jr. Um, it's going to be super easy for him to whack up or to rack up more as the shortstop on this team. And if he's going to take these step forwards to a uh, potential All Star, maybe an MVP sprinkled into there, he's going to start taking steps forward in production. I want to see him walk more. I want to see him strike out less. I want to see more extra base hits. I want to see him doing everything that they've been saying that he is capable of doing. Um, I wanted to see it at the World Baseball Classic. Lord knows we need to get all those played appearances for Jeff McNeil, though. Um, but I'm just, I think it's Bobby Witt Jr. racking up that war on that shortstop and the high-value uh, shortstop position. So,
4: ready to see it. Bobby Witt Jr. is my team MVP. Yeah, I've got Bobby Wood Jr. too. I don't have a ton to add to that. I think you're going to see like a, a passing of the torch, if you will, from like, and obviously as long as Salvador Perez is on the team, he's going to be like a face of the franchise. But like, I think you could see if Bobby Wood Jr. has a big enough year, when you think of Royals baseball, still going to think of Salvador Perez, but a lot more people are going to think of Bobby Wood Jr. So I think he's going to be the team MVP this year. Um, It just makes a ton of sense. He had objectively a good rookie year. Now, compared to the hype, you can get into that. You can nitpick if you want. We've talked with Peter Apple um, about that, and that he, he had a good rookie year, and he was a good player last season. I think he's going to be a good to great player this year, and he's going to have that leap where he's making better swing decisions. He is striking out a fair amount, which hasn't really been a problem. I think Bobby Wood Jr., man, he's going to have a really good year, and he's going to be the team MVP. Did you guys see the mic'd up
3: portion? Of him in the world baseball classic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, I, I did not. So everybody was talking about him being a great hype man. And and I was like, well, it just I didn't see a lot of that last year in the dugout. He seemed like a yeah. very new, like green, wet behind the ears, just soaking it all in, trying to learn everything he can, which is exactly what he needed to be. But in the world baseball classic, he was absolutely leaning into that role of being like it the did. mouth, being the hype man, being the being the energy in that group. I love that. These it just shows me that he's embracing the face of this franchise, I love that you said it was the passing of the torch. That's exactly what I see here. But I was just very encouraged to see him kind of embracing whatever role he had. He's going to be the energy guy. And if he's going to be the new face of this franchise, cornerstone of this roster, uh, I'm ready to see it.
2: Uh, I think that's a really good point. I, I can't argue against Bobby being that guy. But just to go in a different direction so we're not just all picking the yep. same guy. I'm going to go with Brady Singer. <laughs> this team is going to go as far as Birdie Singer goes. And how far this pitching staff can take them. So I, I thought about cheating and just saying that the team MVP is gonna be Brian Sweeney, but I know you guys would have <laughs> booed me for that. <laughs> but he's a proxy to this. Like he he yeah. has to be a huge part of this. But the Royals need an ace. Like it's mm. cool that and nostalgic that Zach Greinke is getting the opening day start. And if Brady Singer was a little more built out, then I think he would have been if he wasn't gone at the WBC. But this team, like, he is as close to this team's one as there is going to be on this pitching staff. Mm -hmm. So if the team is going to take that next step forward like we think they can, even if it's a small step, it's going to be because Brady Singer is able to replicate or be even better than he was last
3: season. 100% agree. And I may have some more points on Brady Singer here in in just two shakes of a lamb tail.
2: Well, let's just go uh, right to that. Yeah. (laughs) bet your preseason award for best pitcher
3: josh yeah, what do you think brady Brady freaking singer uh just absolute i mean he's got the best projection which makes sense he's absolutely striking dudes out i love that he's added more of this change up into the mix uh, i want to see more some stat cast numbers on the seat of just how much he's using it and how, how filthy it is seems like it's absolutely doing the trick but uh It seemed like he had it last year a little bit and just kind of didn't use it very much, left it on the shelf quite a bit. He has two other good pitches. So uh, I totally understand that, but um, I am ready to see Brady Singer step into that next role. And if you take that next step forward um, and be the anchor of this, uh, of this team. So give me Brady Singer as this team's MVP or sorry, best pitcher. Let's call it that.
4: Yeah. You could have, if you would have asked me my thoughts on Brady Singer, I would have like copy and pasted what Josh just said verbally. Um, So I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he had a really good chunk of last season. Like I expect him to build on that, and he's not going to be perfect. He doesn't need to be perfect Um, Mm. for the Royals' purposes. He just needs to be good, and I think he can definitely be good. He might even be able to be better than that this season. He's not going to get like Cy Young votes, I don't think, or anything crazy like that, but can he have a really good year for the Royals, and can the Royals' success be... Uh, Can he be a pretty good reason why? I think he can. Can he be the best pitcher on the staff? I think he can, whether that's bullpen or rotation, possibly. Um, Brady Singer can lead the way. And like Joel said, that could make him the team MVP. Like It's not crazy to um, take that leap of faith that's really just kind of a jump down the whatever, something that you jump off of that's not that high. A step, (laughs) I guess. I was like, you're not jumping off a mountain or anything, because you obviously wouldn't be alive anymore. But um, jumping off of Joel, just help me out here. Take it away. Uh, So uh, Brady Singer is easily gonna be that, but
2: I just for the sake of not agreeing, and uh, I, I think like I'm gonna go with Brady Singer, but just to give somebody else some talking here, I think Brad Keller has a chance to probably be second, maybe third best pitcher on this team. This version of Brad Keller that we've seen this spring is the best version that we've seen probably since his kind of breakout campaign, I think it was 18 or 19 his rookie year. Like that, that, ver- like what we're seeing right now, he looks confident. He's mixing his pitches better. It's not just slider, 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 slider and praying like the curveball, he's at and He's riding his fastball at the top of the zone. It's very clear that the plan that Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove have for him is working. and has an impact early. And if he's able to be, you know, you know, 50% better than he was last season, we're looking at a really solid, arm in this and he's not asked to be the best pitcher in the rotation like he was yeah. in the last two years he needs to be the third and maybe that's the how you get the best version of him because it takes some of the pressure off and he's in a contract year. guys tend to you know the contract year is undefeated he's trying to play for his big league career and not just play on one-year deals you know or a non-roster invite situation if he has a good year this year he can find himself on a big league rotation next year somewhere else or Maybe the maybe it's good enough that the Royals feel like they can resign him, but Brad Keller feels like someone that could could play himself nicely here
3: if he has a good year. I like that. It, for spring training, he was twenty eight point twenty eight point four percent K rate with a six point eight percent walk rate. I do play that. That's correct. That is even remotely him. He's absolutely on this uh, as, as a valuable asset on this
4: uh, on this rotation. Maybe a two. Who knows? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent Acknowledges because clearly that uh. That did not work well last time. So
2: <laughs> you, you tried your best, coward, and you uh, you fell on your face. With that one. Yeah. Well, and he does too. You know, everybody does it. Yeah, every everyone saw. Yeah. Do one too many divorce analogies, and you just kind of they call, they fall flat every once in a while.
3: Yeah, I'll stay away from those. Well, as you're not Chris Mad Dog Russo, I think we can we'll be fine. What's
4: no, not? We can talk not. off air about He's uh, ba-
2: Mad Dog. He is banned from ever being mentioned on this. Uh, and like <laughs> number one rule of the One Railway Podcast: redact. Talking about Chris Russo. <laughs> redacted <laughs> redacted is being be discussed often. Redacted.
1: Yeah, he
3: never gets, uh, he never gets to come on the show. I was like, I don't
2: think
4: we have to worry about that.
2: Don't think we have to worry about that one. Um, who do you guys have the, for the preseason award for best hitter?
4: It's it's Vinny Pasquantino. I'd be surprised yeah. if anyone else had anything else. I'm not even going to say too much about him. He's the best pure hitter on the team. Witt is going to be a better player overall than him just because of the stuff he can do that isn't just hitting at the plate. Um, He has the speed and defense. Pasquantino, he could be an average defender. He could be an objectively poor base runner. It doesn't matter. He is the best hitter on the team. He's going to be the best hitter on the team. He doesn't even have to hit for a ton of power. He doesn't need 30 home runs to be the best hitter on this team. I don't think there's really a case to be made for anybody else, barring... Bobby Witt Jr. just going absolutely nuclear at the plate. Even then, Which? like the best pure hitter, probably Vinny Pasquantino.
2: I, I was thinking Bobby, just because I think he has a chance to go like thirty homer, thirty doubles, thirty plus, mm-hmm. like that kind of season. Could you could go with best hitter even if he hits like two sixty five? Sure, like that it could be it could be something like that. Whereas just the damage that he did in totality, probably you know you could mark it as a better season, even if Vinny hits. 320, which wouldn't shock me with like 18 home runs, something like that.
3: Yeah, I think it's definitely I'm I'm with you. Vinny P is on mine. I think there could be a case um with other guys, and I might talk about him in just a second as well. But Salvi Perez is the second highest WRC plus in the Zips DC projections of one twenty four, Vinny at one thirty two. I think that's a pretty oh high and locked. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty lofty for Salvi. I mean, that's hitting him, him hitting 267. I don't know if he's a 267 guy, but he did in the World Baseball Classic, nails. So he was absolutely a monster. Mm -hmm. If he is World Baseball Classic version of Salvador Perez, then it's going to be Salvador Perez. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
2: That's totally fair. Like, I I don't think we're going to see, I think the 2021 Salvador Perez was awesome. Not, I don't think we're yeah. ever gonna see a 48 homer Salvi, but could we see 30 homer and Salvi again? Absolutely. No, he's that. He's and if he stays if he worn. stays healthy this year, we're able to get him off his feet by July. Yeah. I think Freddie Fermin ends up on the roster by then. You can DH him more and let him catch three times a week, mm-hmm. three four. And if that you know bats up to snuff, then you have a great opportunity there. And D, I think DH Salvi may be some of his best offensive seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he totally, totally seems like yeah. Yep. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of the same way I look at, like, this is a different conversation, but I was talking about with some buddies about Mike Trout and some of the back stuff. I'm like, when he goes to full-time DH in about three years, we might see the best offensive seasons for Mike Trout because he's not roaming the outfield anymore.
4: And he can yeah, just focus people, on people. People take for granted, like, when you're not actively running these guys into the ground. I don't care if they're getting older and their, you know, reaction time may be a little bit slower. You're going to counteract that by not actively running them into the ground and getting them injured and making them play defense. And it's going to have a tangible impact, I think, with Salvador Perez in that he's going to play, he can sustain whatever he does this year, I think, for a few years if he was DHing, even at age 35, 36. Like, I don't think he's going to be this like all world hitter or anything, but can he be an above average hitter? well into the tail end of his career i think he can because he's not going to be catching a hundred times a year 120 times a year even 80 times a year at that point he might just be de-aging that's going to help the royals a lot and i think it's going to help him a lot too i think that that perfectly transitions into
3: my made up award that we were going to do Anyone else goes. got one i got a perfect I don't. transition
4: okay
3: i want to hear so my i tweeted about this but Made-up spring team MVP is MJ Melendez. Because I combined what he did in spring training and what he did in the World Baseball Classic. Slash 273, 353, and 614 for a 967 OPS. 27.5K rate, pretty high, but still a 12% walk rate. That's a 7.6 uh, opponent quality score. And then it's also, he was in that gnarly pool D uh, with the Dominicans, with Puerto Rico, with... Uh, uh, Missing one. Is it Venezuela? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's Venezuela. But it was just a gnarly uh, pitching matchup that he saw every day. Still slashed really, really well. Um, and, like, as you were talking about that, it makes more sense to what not only is his contribution in at the plate really, really good, but also he's pretty solid there in the field. And if he can get, you know, keep Salvi rested to where he is healthy all year and still able to contribute at the plate like that, That's also bringing value for MJ Melendez. So at this point, I think MJ Melendez could be the team MVP of spring, but also his contributions. If he is anywhere near that again, he's going to be huge. So I think we're going to be talking about, I think Jeff Passan, they actually had him on his like breakout list. Uh, So Mm -hmm. keep an eye on MJ Melendez.
2: Before we do team, like our record prediction for the season, uh, does anybody have a made-up award?
4: Something funny. That's Something, so. Know, what, uh, what, what, uh, uh, the what am I trying to say? Peek behind the curtain. Um, we lost Joel temporarily. Like he kind of like sat back, and the video will show it. But like, I guess he was frozen and then conked out uh, of the broadcast. So Josh's Josh's made-up award was like Spring MVP. Yeah. So spring. we are we are one award in. I didn't make any. Um, which is okay. So, Joel, if you have any made-up awards, then this is this is the time for all those.
2: Okay, so my uh, made-up award is the Peter Griffin and the Chicken Award, which is going to go to Amir Guerra whenever he
3: gets to face Hobby <laughs> Bias this year. Dude, oh, did you see how good Amir Guerra was this spring? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was by far the best pitcher in this staff. He did not allow an earned run in was seven innings. Strike, I think down. he's gonna be like just, if he's deployed properly and isn't
2: a high lever situation every time guy and is just situational for an ending in a third or just two thirds go get a couple lefties yeah. then I think he he is a, a valuable valuable piece of this bullpen I just need to see him face Hobby his once <laughs> we came so close <laughs> last year but I need it to happen.
3: Uh-huh. Twenty three batters face it a zero five seven WHIP and a six K yes. to walk ratio that he place six. 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 <laughs> that place okay i don't know if anyone else noticed if but his delivery
2: looked a lot like his arm action looked a lot shorter like mm-hmm. he worked on that yeah. this because he always was kind of that long length yeah. kind of like already you know, whippier whippy arm action guy it looked like he was kind of shortening up right to about here and just letting it go so hey maybe that helps with some of the control stuff that he had last season early on yep. i mean anything will be will be better for the most part he was rough there for a little while And I think Mm -hmm. that was because they were trying to make him like the setup guy or the closer like he was in Cincinnati, which is just not who he is at this point in his career. So making him just a situational guy, and then you still have Coleman, Barlow, and Chapman in the back end. Like you still have really solid guys that can go and get those last three outs. Mm -hmm. I think I think he's he could have a very nice year in the bullpen.
3: Yep. Yep. Okay. This is last year' control for him, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. All right. Moment of truth, we've been, I think, relatively optimistic about what this team can be, understanding that they are not going to be spectacular. This year. But Jordan, we'll start with you. What is your prediction for the Royals' record this season?
4: I think they're going to win nine more games than last season. Now you can do the math. That's 74 and 88. That doesn't sound very good. But you think a nine-game improvement I think the improved buy-in gets them to the 70 win mark, just yes. enjoying going to work every day. I've talked about that. The active buy-in from people is going to account for a lot, and I think the internal improvement determines what else they get. Now, if you get four wins of internal improvement from your guys, I don't know if that's necessarily what they're aiming for or what everyone else is aiming for. Maybe there is some... Dead weight is not the way to put it. Maybe there are some players that hold them back a little bit in terms of performance to get a little bit more playing time. Like, I think... The leashes for those players are going to be shorter. The depth is improved. Um, The rotation, barring injury, looks like it has the right, like the Jordan Lyle signing, the stuff that people took for granted and said was a bad move. Like Josh said, they're ending up needing stuff like that. Um, So I'm going to go 74 and 88. I I mean it in the nicest way possible. Um, I think they're going to be a, a bad team again, but I do think they're going to be competitive at times. I do think they're going to be fun to watch for people. And I do think that they're going to feel better at the end of the year about uh, the season they had. I am a little more optimistic.
3: I have them at seventy nine and eighty three. I I think that they are a year behind the Baltimore Orioles lockstep. Uh, Last year, the Orioles were eighty three and seventy nine. Fraudulently, their Pythagorean win loss record was seventy nine and eighty three, and I had them. Page to 79 before I picked it. And then I went and found their actual research to actually confirm my bias. And so uh, I'm using facts for uh very subjective predictions. He's <laughs> <Here's laughs> what I think. you say your narrative. Yeah, that's right. hundred <laughs> percent. I am not denying that at all, but I'm going to go seventy We're going to take a big, massive leap forward. Yes. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid after I said I was not going to do it, but here we are. And, uh, time is a flat circle. All facts.
2: Yeah, that I, way. <laughs> I, I totally knew that Josh was going to go something close to 80. I was like, "Oh God, please don't do it." And then he talked myself. He did. I had to talk myself out of five hundred boys. You know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. I'm I'm right around where Jordan is. I think 75 and 87 feels about right. I think a, ten, a legitimate 10 win improvement, and we're going to see what a how much this coaching staff a, a coaching staff impacts winning very quickly from. A bad one last year to what seems like at least a good one in, in terms of process, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, first time manager, there's going to be growing pains. First time true pitching coach, it's there's going to be some growing pains. But I think they at least have the right mentality, the right like process, and the right combination of using the analytics and the human feel and the relationship building that Quattrera has been able to do with the players. Players seem bought in. The vibes, like I know. People hate, you know, the analytics community. People hate vibes. Vibes, I think, yeah, it does matter. Jordan said, going to work every day and not feeling like you need to be quiet and tense in the locker room, kind of matters. Like you're, you've seen guys be more excited, and I think having guys like Bobby and Salvi and Vinny and Nikki go and, and Brady go and play in the WBC bringing some of that joy and and you know that environment to the clubhouse from day one. Seeing what that looks like, that's huge, and we could see that very that play a factor very early. So I think ten, a 10-win ten improvement isn't out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it's it's crazy to see that that could happen. And I think that would, that's a solid year considering the step back they took last year. I oh, thought they were going to win 75, 77 last year, and they won 65. I think they can win, even if they win, I think, 72. They have to win over 70 games. And I think if they win 72, I'm not going to be upset. But if they win 68... I'm going to be a little concerned about what the timeline actually is compared to what we, we think it should be. So there's, there's some, something to think about there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, we are going to take our last break. We're going to come back and do some season predictions for Major League Baseball as a whole. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
4: We back again. Let's go. (laughs) I, For the record, for the record, for people listening, just because I sound like a doofus, I only say this twice because this break is very short. And I wanted to like, Joel was on his phone looking up some statistics, I think. So I wanted to make sure that we hit right at the back of the break. That is the only reason... I sounded like a doofus twice. on us back in this podcast.
2: No, it is That's not totally going to be a. I was at all. I was using that. Sh- I was using that short little break just to check the check Some scores on a couple. Fifteen days. seconds goes by fast, man. It like does. It really does. The, the That's why I like that. That's why I like that little KCSC video that we had last. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like thirty or forty-five seconds, and it was perfect. I like check a couple things and then lock back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do.
3: I, I just get down out. and do a bunch of push-ups because you see how how jacked my body is. Can't you tell? There we go.
2: All right, guys. So let's let's run through it this way. Um, let's do all of the awards first, like go around that way, and then we'll do division winners going around and then World Series. Sound good? Yep. Okay. Yep. okay. Um, I'll, get, I'll go first on the, uh, the prediction, the awards here. AL MVP, I have Shohei. It's low-hanging fruit, but it's too easy. Like it's a yep. contract year. He's the best player in the sport. I'm just going to go with it. Cy Young, Luis Castillo from the Seattle Mariners. Rookie of the year, Hunter Brown, pitcher for the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. Uh, That one, I know that Anthony Bowlby, Gunnar Henderson are really sexy picks there, but I'm going a little off the beaten path. I just said, like, what Hunter Brown did last year, he's basically a young Verlander clone. He's Mm going to be a stud in that rotation immediately. NL MVP, I'm going with Freddie Freeman. NL Cy Young, Zach Wheeler. And NL Rookie of the year, Jordan Walker for the St. Louis Cardinals. Made the opening day roster. He's a absolute stud. I think he's gonna he's gonna he could run away with it honestly. His projections weren't that great. I was kind of surprised by. But uh, I also I well you have to take into account with some of these with steamer and zips is they're generally like conservative estimates. Yeah. So what I always think like if I saw I saw that ninety six or something WRC plus like. If he gets up around, like, 115, 120, he's going to be... Yeah, I was going to say, if he gets, like, 10% better than that, or even... Yeah. that that's Like, I don't necessarily add 10% for everybody, but I look at it and I go, okay, if that's what the conservative estimate is, if he hits, like, the way that people think he can, but he hits for yeah. power the way that people think
4: he can, he's he could run away with that. Well, what if Vinny Pasquantino's is a conservative estimate? Which is nuts, right? That'd <laughs> be ridiculous. Salvador Perez is a conservative now, estimate. North of one fifty. <laughs> Yeah, granted, you know, guys like that are different than guys coming into the league in their very first season with, right. I don't want to say less proven profiles than Vinny because he wasn't like a top, top prospect, but like people, people in Kansas City knew he could hit before he got the national hype of being able to hit, mm-hmm. if that okay. makes sense. Yep. Believe. Josh, I want your words first, if that's okay. Okay.
3: Yep, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I kind of, okay. So when I was going through, I didn't pick any of the favorites. I just wanted to deviate a little bit from it because very rarely are the favorites ever the ones that actually win it. So I'm going AL MVP Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, Ooh. kind of kind of a uh, little precursor of who I think wins the AL East. So we'll get that a little like that. Um, AL Cy Young also off the beaten path. Shane McClanahan. I'm in on him. Uh, projected ninth highest pitcher in the AL in WAR. Um, so it's kind of it's going to be a long shot, but I really really like his stuff. Uh, rookie of the year, I got Mazataka Yoshida, uh, 29 year old, kind of a bit of a loophole, still a rookie season, um, but he's projected to have 137 W WRC plus in Boston as a 29 year old. Um, if he's putting up those numbers, uh, it's going to be tough to be able to, to compete with that. So yeah, uh, those. What
2: Yoshida, what Yoshida did in the WBC as a preview, he could he could be a stud. Early now, yep. the Red Sox are going to be bad, but he could be good.
3: Could be, yep. But I mean, it just seems like that market. If, if if a Red Sox is a good, they're gonna they're gonna mark the shit out of him. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I think that's a that's a slam dunk if he's even anywhere close to that 137. So, uh, NL side, I got Ronald Acuna Jr. as my NL MVP. Um. I think there's potential for maybe a 40 plus 40 plus season. So give me that. If he goes go 40 40, that that's a slam dunk. See, here's the thing. I looked this up. There's been four 40-40 seasons. The only one of those four to actually win MVP was Jose Canseco. The only, only one? Only one of them. Yep. Because A-Rod Which, won 40-40. Yeah. He did it like in the late 90s when yep. like, yeah. Bonds and Maguire and so-so were doing. B- Bonds has another one of them. The other one is the last one to do it in 2006 was Alfonso Soriano. Uh, mm. Loved Alfonso Soriano. Oh, that dude is so He was so underrated. Yeah. And he was like. Like ninth in MVP votes. It was way down low. So, it's it's crazy. So, I think if, if a 40-40 season happens now, and he's the only person that beats that is Aaron Judge's last year season or Shohei Otani just going bonkers. You now, anything think that's touching a 40-40. Um, NL Cy Young Corbin Burns. Uh, I love me some Burnsies projected to lead the NL in war and he somehow has the second best odds to win the NL Cy Young. So, Ah, uh, give me Bernsey for that NL Cy Young, NL Rookie of the Year. Got Corbin Carroll for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Got great, a speed, great power combo. Could absolutely go twenty twenty uh, with good O. He old. might steal sixty bags. He could. Yep. And I was so surprised by how many home 60. runs he hit last year for for mm-hmm. Triple AAA and the, then the minor league or the major league stint he got. So um, I think Corbin Carroll is almost a slam dunk if Jordan Walker is not uh, not living up to his potential. I think Corbin Carroll is totally right there on his heels. So that's why I got him. Um,
4: I need to preface mine with a couple of things I know I'm already off to a bad start. Love um I, I have I have my pick and then I have a player to watch for every pick. And so I use nice. draftkings odds to factor in mm-hmm. my player to watch whether I actually think they're a player to watch or not. My pick is actually my pick even though I have the odds for them as well. So with I that said, sure. I have Shohei Otani winning the AL MVP. I have Shane McClanahan winning AL Cy Young. I He's a plus twelve hundred. So put. Yeah, at no, him. I, I like that one a lot. He was yeah. good last year until he got hurt. Yeah, I think that's a fun pick. I have Gunnar Henderson, um, yep. for rookie of the year, NL. I have Ronald Acuna winning MVP. I have Spencer Strider at plus nine fifty, winning NL Cy Young, and then I have Jordan Walker winning Rookie of the Year. Now, quick players to watch: Vlad Guerrero plus twelve hundred AL MVP. Um, Alec Manoa, plus 800 AL Cy Young. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, plus 1,100 for AL MV- or, uh, not MVP. Gosh, those MVP odds would be crazy. Rookie of the Year. Um, National League. Francisco Lindor 2,500. Got it. MVP on mine. Yep. Zach Gallen is plus 1,100 to win Cy Young. And then Corbin Carroll, plus 400. The odds between him and Walker, they're pretty much neck and neck. So. Um, those are my picks. I think if you're going to put some money on guys, Vladdy would be an interesting one, even though Shohei obviously is going to win MVP anyway. Um, Lindor would be interesting. Gallen, uh, Grayrod, maybe. You know, there there's some good value out there. Mm-hmm. The my long shot value that I like, I I sprinkled
2: a couple bucks on uh, Kyle Tucker at plus twenty five hundred to win MVP. Mm. Uh, sneaky, sneaky good the last couple of years. yeah. Uh, and then I took Michael Harris the second and plus four thousand to win uh, to win MVP You L. Know, Hunter yeah. Green plus four thousand Cy Young. I think he's just gonna strike out the world. That's My only yeah. like the only reason I didn't pick Green or Strider is betting on year two guys. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Huge concern. Like yeah. who knows? Yeah, But that's the only one. And then uh, I think I, I got it really early. I got like plus 5,000 to George Kirby for the Mariners. It's yep. AL Cy Young plus 5. He's like th- plus 3,500 now. Hey, plus man.
4: Plus 5,000 when I got it. Joel has a track record now of betting on award winners and actually cashing <laughs> those tickets. That is so true. that's something yeah. I was unable to do. So, mm-hmm.
3: The only only differences I have in those, I yeah, got Kevin Gossman as a AL Cy Young candidate at it's plus 1,600. It's uh, like the best. Projected K to walk ratio. Um, so- Aaron Aaron Nola had plus plus twelve hundred for NL Cy Young. I like that in the contract year. Um, had you had talked about Lindor, Kodai Singa for NL uh, Rookie of the Year. As, I mean, see the same same uh, argument really for the Yoshida pick, but thirty years old, already kind of in his prime. Some of those other guys don't live up to it, but plus nine fifty is not bad odds. We're a Royals podcast, right, boys? Yeah. We are a Royals podcast. How about Bobby Witt Jr. AL MVP plus five thousand, plus five thousand, man. that I mean. So what would they? A thirty thirty season at shortstop with good defense means hella war. Yeah, it's not a what of record. What record would the team uh, have to have? That's that. That would be the other caveat. They have to be above five hundred at least for him to be in the conversation. Because I remember yeah. people talking about Adley Rushman being in the conversation for NL MVP. Uh, even outside of AL Rookie of the Year last year. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to have to require the Royals to be winning at least on the uh, on the whole. So that might be the biggest long shot of it. But if we're talking about long shots here, I like Bobby Witt Jr. plus 5,000. Uh, that's definitely a dark horse for sure.
4: Yeah, no, I'm with you, Josh. We do have the man himself, Joel Penfield, back in the fold here. Joel, perfect timing for a transition to uh, division winners, World Series, wild card, all that good stuff. Yeah, my internet just decided to take a shit on one of the my favorite <laughs> podcasts of the year. So I'm
3: having a <laughs> great time, guys. Was um, it storming outside? Do you have like the the dish? New- no,
2: I apparently my Wi-Fi <laughs> is just from the Stone Age and decided not will work today. So sure we, we can have. do Wi-Fi talk off air too because I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's so division winners and the three wild card teams. So I got the Blue Jays winning the AL East. I have the Guardians running away with the AL Central. That division. The division is so bad. It's awful. Wow. Uh the AL West, I still got the Astros winning it. My wild cards, Mariners, the Yankees, and the Rays. I have the Rays barely edging out the Angels, which means we don't get Shohei Otani and uh Mike Trout in October. Once again, once again forever. Probably. We should all go riot outside of the Angels Stadium, <laughs> letting Artie Moreno know how disappointed we are. But and part of the reason why I picked the rays, like I'm not gonna step on the rake that everybody does every single year, discounting the rays and saying, like, oh, they traded this guy, this guy, this guy, they brought in all these young guys, they're gonna be terrible and then they win ninety games. They're gonna keep doing it until the end of time. Yeah. And I don't think the Yankees are gonna be as good because they they have two fifths of a rotation right now. That rotation is not very good. Yep. With Rodon and Montas already on the shelf, you're basically hoping Garakola and Nestor, Nestor Cortez can carry you the entire year. Good Didn't hurt too? And Severino, yep, he's hurt too. Yeah, forever. Uh, this is an Evergreen side. tweet. Yeah, no kidding. Nationally side, the Braves in the east, the Cardinals in the central, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but the Padres in the west. This is finally the year that the Padres actually do it and the Dodgers finish in second, and the Mets and the Phillies end up as the other two wild cards. If there's ever a year to get the Dodgers, it's this year. The Dodgers are still really good, but they're under the luxury tax the first time in like a decade because they're going to give Shohei Otani $600 million next offseason. So this is the year to get them. So you better hope. And with the way the Dodgers have spent all their fake money, oh, their laundered money, uh, you you better hope.
4: That can... <laughs> whoa whoa whoa, let's get one after. whoa whoa that's a serious accusation, Joel. Okay, does was... hot oh, sauce God. in your eyes? I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
2: like it's it's like that Hannibal
4: bursting of why y'all booing me. i right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of being right, um, I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrong. By the way, I'm gonna give my predictions. Um, I've got the Yankees somehow still winning the AL East. Um, I think getting Judge back obviously is huge. Adding Carlos is gonna, um, Rodon or Rodone? I always oh, struggle I would, with that. because there, there's an accent and there's down. a there's a Rondone and a Rodon. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's why it gets me adding him once he's healthy and able to be durable, which I know those are yeah. two ifs with mm-hmm. him. Um, I think Cleveland does run away with the AL Central. I'm picking the Mariners in the AL West. Um, I Ooh. think the Altuve injury. Is going to hurt the Astros a significant amount. I'm going to buy into a World Series hangover narrative, even though I don't necessarily love it. So my wild cards are Toronto. I think they're going to come within a couple games of New York. Um, I can see it going either way Houston and Tampa. Then out in the NL, I'm going with the Mets with a very close Atlanta as a wild card. I'm going with St. Louis with who the hell knows what's going to happen there. That division just sucks. And then I've got the Padres winning the West. I've got Philly, L.A., and Atlanta as my uh, three wild cards out in the NL.
3: There is not much deviation happening on my end. Uh, very similar to Joel's, actually, uh, with Blue Jays winning the East, Guardians winning the Central, Astros in the West. At, their odds to win their division is minus 175. You know, they've got some – I mean, the Mariners are there. The Rangers are there. The Angels are there. That is a gnarly the division, and they're still minus one seventy five to win it. That's crazy to me. But whatever. Uh in outside, I got um I got Phillies in the east, Cardinals in the Central at minus one twenty five. Somehow in that bad division, the Cardinals are still only minus one fifty five. <laughs> so that's one thing. And minus I four hundred. Right. Huh. Well it's 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 weird, because, yeah, like you said, the division is absolute poo-poo, and the Cardinals have an okay roster, and if Jordan Walker plays out of his mind, I mean, you got three potential huge bats in that lineup, so uh, it's Cardinals' world, we're just living in it anymore, uh, and we're going three for three in the West, boys. San Diego Padres winning that West this year. Oh, yeah, uh, mark Market down, they're at plus 120 to win the, uh, win the West, so. Um, that's still pretty solid odds for, for what we think is gonna be it. Uh wild card teams AL, basically the same Yankees, Mariners. I have the Texas Rangers at plus one like making the playoffs. Um side you know, so starts this year are gonna be amazing. Yeah. I mean that that pay how if they don't win if they don't make the playoffs the next two years, Chris Young is immediately fired, correct? He's got to be right. Now, like if you don't, don't make, I and they win seventy-eight.
2: Like they may win seventy-five games.
3: They've spent so much money, be, and they have but they have decent guys on the fringe. The young yeah. guys, I think they're going to be good. good. Well, I good is objective, but I think they're going to be I more be than fine.
2: I'll, I'll be shocked if they're above five hundred. I'll put it that way. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I
4: don't buy it. At least we're gonna going to circle out. back to this. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, not that they're like the bird. most polarizing team in baseball, but right. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're kind of not not the
3: most polarizing team. Um, and <laughs> they Braves, Mets, Dodgers. It's basically the same seven teams we're cycling yeah. through on that front. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's that's what I have as well. All right, uh, Josh, World Series prediction. Go. We're gonna get weird here. I got Uh-oh. San Diego Padres over. The New York Yankees, four games
4: to one. Ooh, gentlemen sweep by the Padres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel great about my pick. They're both they're both plus seven fifty to win the World Series. I'm going the New York Yankees over the Atlanta Braves, four to two mm. in the World Series. Um, I just think it's a complete gut feeling like there's obviously logic for both of those teams win because their odds are pretty good and they have really really good rosters and new york is pretty volatile like they're gonna make the playoffs and they're gonna be a good team but like they have a lot of guys that may not play a ton of games they also added one who is a former kansas city royal who may not be playing a ton of games um or was that boston what am i talking about who are you talking about that was Mondesi. Boston. I was talking about Mondesi. I don't know. It's an yeah, AL. East he's going to be on the last place um, of Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking New York, but I'm leaving that in. Anyway, they do have a lot of guys, not to a Mondesi level, but where you're like, man, I don't know if they're going to stay healthy. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up over the course of a season, but they also have enough high-end, top-end talent, and they've been spending to where I think New York can get there. And then Atlanta... I just think they're a fun story, and they have the results to match. They're just a smart org that is doing stuff the right way. They have a guy that some of us are picking to win MVP this year. I think, obviously, in baseball um, history has shown that having an MVP-level player doesn't mean you're going to go to the World Series because the Angels haven't even been able to get to the playoffs with Prime Mike Trout at times. But that team has enough, I think, to get there. So the battle of the plus 750s, I think the uh, New York Yankees come out on top. So,
2: I, so, I'm i picking the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. American League side, I debated with about four different teams. And I listened to too many national podcasts that made me buy into this. I think the Braves and the Mariners are matching up uh, uh, in
4: the uh, World uh, Series. Whoa.
2: The what Braves are going to win it in six so... games.
4: I thought you were going to say the Blue Jays at least.
2: Uh-huh. Wow. I stepped on the Blue Jays' rake last year. I'm not stepping on that one again.
4: Oh, man. So I think it's going to be Braves and Mariners and the Braves win six. All right, guys, we did lose a little bit of Joel. Um, we're having some technical weird stuff happening behind the screen. You still see him if you're on the video. Um, just a weird record. Technology is inconsistent, man. And Joel's yelling into his mic and we cannot hear him, which is honestly kind of funny. Uh, just as much as it is unfortunate for our dear pal. Um, so we are going to cut off today's pod here. Um, we thoroughly appreciate Everybody jumping in and watching on YouTube, listening via Apple, via Spotify, via wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to KCSN Kansas City Royals podcasts and coverage there. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell after you do. Make sure that you are notified when new episodes drop. Um, We'll be back next week with more content reacting to the first handful of days of Royals baseball for 2023. So until then, take care, stay safe.